go in five, four, three, two. What a riveting introduction that is. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. This week, Avengers Endgame. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Joel. I'm Dave. And I'm Austin. And just like Avengers Endgame, we will do whatever it takes, which is definitely apt. If you've seen any of us in person, (laughs) you will see that we have done whatever it's taken. Seriously, if you've never heard this show before, then hold on to your Infinity Stones because we're preparing to finger snap. I know, sorry. Too too soon, too soon. Essentially, we take a film and we put it on trial. It's as simple as that. There's also a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans to keep you entertained, including a caption contest, a quiz, some questionable impressions, some terrible xylophone playing, and some silly sound effects. Oh, and a lot of banter as well. So this week's film, as I said before, is Avengers Endgame. Is it the end game or is it game over? Yeah. <laughs> Aren't they essentially the same thing? Yes. <laughs> Just don't think about it. All right. Okay. I don't have an Avengers sound effect. So Austin, um, come on. Avengers assemble. Hello. No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah I love it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a bit disappointed that there was no effort in there, really. I just had it as a question at the end. I think that would be less impactful in Endgame if Captain America was like, <laughs> Avengers <laughs> Assemble? <laughs> you know, I mean, I suppose it's a spoilerific episode, so it doesn't really matter. But he may have been worried that no one else was going to turn up. True, well, true. So you yeah. didn't want to say it too loud. <laughs> it sounded like a dick. <laughs> Thanos is like, well, you're going to die, and also you look like a tit. Not totally, not totally convinced you're all going <laughs> to Assemble? So, as Austin was alluding to before, this will be a very spoilerific episode. So, if you are one of the six people who hasn't seen it yet, you can listen to this episode after you've watched it. It's still at the cinema, obviously, and probably will be for the next year. Or you can just trust our judgments. Alternatively, you can fast forward to our quiz this week brought to you by me, which we will highlight in the comments section below. So, before we go on, our last bonus episode film on trial was Us. Uh, Once again, I don't have a a scissors sound effect, Ozzy. Oh no! That was oh, yeah. I made a scissors. Uh, yeah, you made the motion, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think, I think it sounds like a camera underwater, but <laughs> that's fine, mate. Yeah. So Austin, <laughs> you asked him. He's just doing what you that's, asked. That was the sound effect yeah. for when you use scissors to cut through oh, gliding, paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah gliding yeah, motion. Yeah. Well done, mate. Yeah. So Austin, you judged the trial and you deemed that us should be placed on the shit list mm. now you've since gone away and you've watched us so did you make the right call or not uh, i totally didn't no, no it was um, <laughs> it's, it's genuinely i thought it was brilliant um and i think dave actually alluded to it afterwards that he had a really tough time um uh saying what he said um against it but um he convinced me um and i apologize to all the um the angry listeners who thought it should have been on the hit list because i think it should have been honestly mate you've received many many death threats in the past two weeks uh, most of them have been from me but <laughs> still it, it's it, it's true uh, okay well thank you very much for that guys moving on to a bit of news
Well done. Yeah. That was really good. Yeah, yeah really concise. Good. Thank you very much, guys. So what we do here is we go around in a second and we talk about the most newsworthy topics of the week, starting with a trailer has just been dropped several hours ago for the new Sonic the Hedgehog film. Now, I I mean, if you would have told me they would have been making a Sonic the Hedgehog film this time last year, I would have said, stop drinking, Alex. But... <laughs> And that's the case. The trailer is out today. It's starring Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik. We've all just looked at it. So what do we think, Joel? I think you were a fan of the game, weren't you? Well, I played it. But, the, I mean, the trailer just looks absolute garbage. Sonic looks garbage. Dr. Robotnik looks garbage. Like, <laughs> there isn't much more that I can say. I would probably advise people not to even watch the trailer, let alone the film, because it's just a waste of time. But as we discussed the podcast, all they really needed to do when they'd, uh, you know, created Sonic, if you like, is just show it to somebody who'd ever played Sonic and just said, what do you think of that? And they would have gone, no. Nope. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's literally all they needed it to do. So, so yeah, it, it looks absolutely terrible. Did anybody think that it looks all right, maybe? No. No, <laughs> no I don't think it looks no. all right at all. But maybe the trailer is, is only showing... I think I'm wrong already, but maybe the trailer's just showing you a, a small snippet Mm. Although some of the clips are really long in it, and I mean, I'm worried they are full scenes of you, uh, the actual film. What I'm just worried about is I can't think. I mean, I, I could be wrong of many films that have a sort of um, a live action element with a cartoon character. Maybe apart from like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but say in the past like ten, fifteen, twenty years, or whatever. That sort of element of bringing a cartoon, or like a buddy team between, like yeah, a like like Woody Woodpecker or yeah. Yogi Bear or you know Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah, yeah. It, I just don't think it works. I, that might just be me. I, I would have rather have seen like a completely animated version of it or completely CGI version of it rather than having like a CGI Sonic in a real world. You mean like seen... Avengers? Just like event, no, no. <laughs> I'm talking about like pre-existing like cartoons. Oh right, okay, yeah. Like, or, yeah, or Pokemon, yeah, yeah. where you're trying to bring something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with Detective, like Detective, Detective, Detective Pikachu, Pikachu, which we'll find out coincidentally on our next bonus episode next month. But anyway, enough about that. <laughs> but you, you never know. I mean, they said that the Lego Movie was going to do terribly, and that ended up being all right. So it's got yeah, the curse of video true. games to contend with, though. True, Mario's anything to go by. Yeah. It might become a cult classic thing. So in you know twenty years time, there'll be the the future equivalent of a podcast, just like <laughs> putting it on the hit list. Yeah. <laughs> like Super Mario is a classic these days. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, people will be judging this podcast and like look at these idiots saying that Sonic was going to be a terrible film. We all know that it won more Oscars than the Godfather series combined. <laughs> okay, right. So thank you very much, guys. Moving swiftly on to our next piece of news and. Um, uh, I, 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 I don't know how I'm gonna. Uh, this might not go well. I got Jesus. I thought we. I thought we weren't doing this. <laughs> I did it anyway. I mean, this is a momentous episode. You know, this is like the culmination of 22 films, 11 years worth of cinema, essentially. And I thought, why not bring back something special? A bit of rock news. Uh, so it isn't really about the rock. I mean, I suppose we could talk about how poor the trailer for the new Hobson Shaw film looked, which was shown just before Endgame. But what I was going to say is that John Cena has supposedly been cast in the new Fast and Furious film, Fast and Furious 9. I didn't I didn't realise there was that many of them. I mean, I did, I'd just forgotten, to be fair. Hmm. But thinly veiled, I mean, The Rock is in the Fast and Furious franchise. He's also for John Cena on two separate occasions. So, Alex, you are a big 
Fast and Furious fan yeah. for some reason, even though you really hate <laughs> everything. I, that, I can't explain it myself. I know. Yeah, I mean, usually if anybody loves anything, you hate it automatically. Automatically, yeah, without thinking. But <laughs> th- this one I really like. Uh, I think John Cena's going to be good. I liked him in Trainwreck. Is that the one with Amy Poole? Amy Schumer. Yeah. Schumer. Um, so I thought he was good and he had some he had some good comedic turn in that. So I think he'd be good in this. I think he sort of fits perfectly in with the cast. Yeah. I think he'd know what he was doing. Wouldn't take it too seriously, but wouldn't also wouldn't just treat it as a big joke. So no, I think it'd be good. Yeah, I think, I mean, a lot of people sort of had the same feelings about The Rock when he was cast because up until that point, maybe he hadn't had a massive box office success. Well, then, <laughs> yeah. He then saved the entire franchise and then exactly. just keeps doing it, doesn't exactly. he? Exactly. So, so, so maybe... John Cena might have, but I think John Cena's career trajectory is is in a different way. I think he's played it safe. He's got a number of supporting roles in comedies. So this will be, apart from maybe Bumblebee, this will be his sort of first massive blockbuster. So see what happens. Also, he's been rumored to be featured in the new Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad 2, which is going to be directed by James Gunn. Do you know what that kind of reminds me of? Batista being in Guardians of the Galaxy. It just feels like they flipped the coin and put him in the DC version of it and, and with it being James Gunn as well if he's even remotely a similar character I think it'll be a bit of a mistake well I did read a rumour the other day that apparently James Gunn's trying to get Dave Bautista on board for Suicide Squad 2 apparently they've got like a really good working relationship from the previous Guardians of the Galaxy films so and he like stood uh, next to him he was stood in his corner throughout the whole sort of um, firing situation so maybe he's going to try and bring him into a There might be a contractual issue there because he's obviously already in the MCU. Ooh, I was going to say, is there anyone who is in both universes? Has anyone done? Lawrence Fishburne, maybe? I think there is some that have been in both, isn't there, somewhere? But no one major. Like, no I've major just said roles. Lawrence Fishburne, you know yeah, what I mean? He's not, not a massive role. What's he in the MCU? He is Perry White. Oh, sorry, no, in the MCU, he is um, Ant-Man. He, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Michael Douglas's former colleague, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, right, well, <laughs> <laughs> riveting conversation is when it ends with somebody going, oh, yeah. Vaguely. <laughs> right, okay, so uh, moving on, uh, to, uh, to, and to be honest, I, I didn't think I'd ever say this, but I really missed you, you know, Alex, and uh, I especially yeah, mix, missed um, your film feels. You suck! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. You really miss me. It's been 20 years we've been friends. But thanks, <laughs> thanks, thanks, buddy. Uh, right. Uh, we also had to spend quite a lot of time before we watched Endgame avoiding spoilers. So it made me think, what's the worst time something's ever been spoiled for you in films? Or anything else, like films, books, something like that. Anyone got any big ones? I've got one. Um, so I think, uh, every, every, well, everybody in this room I know, but if, if you're of our generation, I'm sure you were spent many hours on MSM Messenger. Uh, <laughs> and the day one of the new Harry Potter books came out, literally the day after, two hours, um, you know, after it came out, uh, one of my friends had his name as Dumbledore Dies. <laughs> and I, I, I was wow. just like, oh, you, you are absolute. <laughs> I wish you were never born. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've had two sort of momentous ones. Um, so one was actually Game of Thrones. Uh, the very first series... I um, hadn't had the chance to watch like the first two or three episodes. I was on the train back home from somewhere with, with, the, with some, some guy I knew. And he was like, what are you going to do tonight? And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to watch uh, Game of Thrones. I've got the first three episodes recorded. I'm really looking forward to it. You know, I, 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 
I don't know anything about it. I've seen all the trailers, and it looks really good. And he's like, "Oh yeah, that's great. Yeah, well, of course, you know, uh, Sean Bean dies, and don't you?" Why? 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 And he was like, "Oh well, you know, it's just, it's a very famous book, and you know." I was like, ah, I, don't, "I don't read." It's <laughs> like, "Well, Sean Bean dies in everything," and I was, then I started listing things that Sean Bean didn't die in, just to piss him off. And the other thing was um, a, a, a few years ago, um, the first time the Fight Club was on the TV, I think mm. it was like. A, a, early 2000s I still hadn't had the chance of watching it I recorded it and spoke to my friend the next day and he's like oh my god did you see Fight Club and I was like oh no I didn't get the chance and he's like yeah it's mad how they turn out to be the same guy isn't it and I was like uh, I've just said I literally just said it. Seen it. <laughs> there's literally no point watching it I, I uh, like to be honest my auntie used to regularly spoil every Buffy episode I ever watched I know that might not be a big deal to most people but I had to politely sit there during the family meals and not basically just run out of the room every time it happened the worst one I ever the worst one I've ever heard of though is so when Usual Suspects came out someone went round to all of the different um, tube stops and where they had the posters out and he wrote sorry spoiler spoiler <laughs> coming up for it but he just wrote a little saying thing Kaiser Sose and like pointing to Kevin Spacey like oh, ruined it film for him. I think we'll have to mention our uh the oh, story Dave. of our friend who, who nipped yeah. out to the toilet in Infinity War as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah our, our friend Big Dave, who's uh, featured on this show many times before, he uh, we all went to go and see Infinity War, the one, the first one, and he was gasping for the toilet. He managed to wait for about like an hour and a half, just quickly dashed in. He thought it was just going to be a brief like twenty seconds, and while he was in there, obviously another showing had just finished, and there was a kid next to him at the end. I was like, I can't believe Spider Man dies. He's <laughs> 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 like, never has he wanted to punch a child. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dave, uh, Captain? Um, yeah, I think it's, it's probably not the, the worst spoiler I've ever had, but it was one that sticks in my mind just because how random it was. As a kid, it's like everyone had bigged up Psycho to me. Would you mm. believe that? Like, the old Alfred Hitchcock one, and everyone's like, oh, you'll never guess the twist. You'll never guess it. And as I was a kid, you know, my mum and dad decided, oh, I'm not going to let him watch Psycho just yet. And I remember being in a toy store, they had a movie memorabilia section. And they had like slasher villains, like they had Leatherface and they had Norman Bates with a removable wig <laughs> in his mother's dress. It's just like, well, there's, there's the end of, of Psycho, ruined by an action figure of all things. Wow. So yeah, just it, it, kids, it was quite well, a unique one. So. You know, I can't imagine the kids wanting a Norman Bates action figure. Um, unless no. your name's Gav. Random, right? Yeah, they had Leatherface, they had Freddy Krueger. Yeah, it was a random one. I, I was going to say, I can't believe that you didn't watch it when you were a kid. I mean, I, just, I assume that was a staple of everybody's upbringing. Austin, I can't, I can't think of one. I've had so many things spoil for me, but also I never get. I've got a terrible memory, so somebody could tell me something that happens, and maybe when I go to watch it, I bet you, I'll I bet you've, be forgo- you've forgotten Endgame already, and we're going to spoil yeah. it for you by the end of this. <laughs> has, has anyone ever spoiled anything for anyone else? I I have spoiled many things for you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> apart from Joel. Yeah, nothing, nothing major though. No, no, I don't think so. No, which is surprising because I, I genuinely enjoy spoiling things for you guys. <laughs> but it's more like sort of um, nights out life in general. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you very much for that, Alex. Oh. Hey, I mean that. Okay, so <laughs> on to the bulk of the show. This week's film mentioned before is Avengers Endgame. Uh, <laughs> are you going to try for one? <laughs> Oh. Spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler without context. I know, yeah. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, so it is a bonus episode. It hasn't been picked out of the hat at random, but rather it's been picked by all of us here as we try to stay relevant and happening. 
However, all of the roles have been picked out at random, so acting as defense and trying to get this film placed on the hit list will be Dave and also me. So Dave is just like Doctor Strange. He dresses like he spends most evenings listening to ELO whilst dropping acids. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just like the Hulk. I have severe anger issues and I spend a lot of my time in my underpants. Uh, Which is definitely true. Uh, In the roles of prosecution and trying to get his own place on the shit list are Alex and Joel. Alex is just like Rocket. He's small, feisty, and 90% body hair. (laughs) And Joel is just like Hawkeye. Most people think he's the least important one of the group, and those people would be right. <laughs> now, just like real court advocates, the four of us will be making the best case for our roles. These may or may not be our real opinions, however, so do stay tuned to the end of the episode to hear our genuine thoughts. Which means, this week, Ozzy has the most important role as he will be playing the judge. Now, Ozzy is just like Nick Fury. He's bald, he has problems with his eyesight... And when it comes to this show, he is equal parts instrumental and totally useless. <laughs> now, Ozzy must decide which list this film should be placed on hit or shit based solely on the arguments put to him and not using his own opinion. So before we get started, I think we should give the listeners a better understanding as to what this film is about. So let us spill, uh, spin the wheel of impressions. Okay, so here we read off the synopsis of the film in the style of one of the cast or characters from that film. This week it has landed on Welcome Back, Alex. Oh. <laughs> so how would we like Alex to read the synopsis of this film? I'm trying to think of someone with a, with a distinctive voice. Um, well, I think what, about, he, he, what about Drax? Because he's got so much to say in the film. Um, yeah. what, what about Thanos? I'd say let's go with Thanos. Thanos? Yeah. Okay, just deep and gravelly. After the devastating events of Avengers, no shit. <laughs> I'm just gonna carry on. After the de- no, after the devastating events of Avengers Infinity War, the universe is in ruins. With the help of remaining allies, the Avengers assemble once more in order to undo Thanos's actions and restore order to the universe. Yeah, actually, my- sounds a bit more like Thor. To be honest, <laughs> I, I was gonna say it sounded more like Joel. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, thank you very much for that, Alex. Uh, so, Austin, without further hesitation, would you like to kick off proceedings, please? Yeah, we'd love to. So, just so you're, you're aware, so obviously we all watched it together, but in order to not sway my uh, the, the way I feel about the film at all, I have actually avoided spoilers and reviews and generally anything to do with Avengers since we watched the film. So, um, so I'm, I'm an ogre. Why are you dressed like Spider-Man then? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so I'm, I'm open to, uh, to be swayed by either side. So don't, uh, don't panic that I've already made my mind up. I have okay. not. Um, so let's get this started. I would like to hear a prosecution to begin with, if that's all right. Yeah, that is fine. Okay. Um, so The reason this film isn't as good as everyone is making out is mainly because all the way through it, and this has kind of been my problem with a lot of the MCU universe, is this kind of just, it feels like there's a lot of corporate cynicism running through it, to be honest. A lot of the decisions are made throughout all of the narratives, and it's made more for money reasons sometimes, and you can't help sometimes when you talk, sometimes when we're all talking about the film afterwards, it's like we're talking about it when we're at like a Disney shareholder quarterly meeting, we're like, oh, well, they couldn't have done that, or they couldn't have done that, because their characters are going to make so much money from it. Whereas, really, the decisions they made in this film, like the big plot points, you know, everyone was waiting for who's going to die, who's going to do this, and I just feel they wimped out a little bit on it, and they took out 
well, yeah, this is a massive spoiler episode, isn't it? So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just oh, yeah. So when they took out, you know, in the end, Black Widow was a bit of a surprise. But, you know, in the end, only two, right? It was just uh, Cap- uh, Iron Man and Captain America. And those storylines had already gone, you know, it was sort of just ended anyway. And they just couldn't make as much money out of those two characters anyway. So that's why they went. It's not like they went because the plot didn't demanded it or because it was really a good idea for the story. It just feels like when you're sort of watching it, you're like, oh, I see what Disney are doing there. Oh, I see what they're doing there. And it, it sort of takes you out of the action a little bit for me. It makes you just think of it more as like some sort of just franchise like McDonald's rather than a, a gripping film and a gripping narrative. Um, another problem I had with it is the time travel. Uh, it's just like time travel is always guff in any film. And this film takes an awful lot of time to talk about time travel, which after, you know, after about an hour of it, you're like, no, but time travel is guff. Don't spend so long telling me about it, inventing a time machine. Cause it just sounds a bit shit. Um, and my kind of my last thing is that scene, you know, right. I know it's only, maybe only a little thing, you know, that scene towards the end when all like the women, super, the female superheroes get together and like go, you know, it felt quite hokey and quite out of place and a little bit annoying because it was almost like rather than admitting that, oh yeah, we haven't had enough female superheroes. It more felt like, they were answering their critics and it was just a bit of a shit. It, it didn't really move on the plot very much and it just didn't feel very important. It felt more like they should have had Spice Girls playing as they were doing it. It didn't feel like <laughs> proper, let's bring female characters to the front. It's more like, let's give them literally 20 seconds and then just move it on. And sorry, my very last thing on the plot is Captain Marvel is just ridiculous. It's just that deus ex machina. She just comes in and sorts out all the problems. So, you know, even though, yeah, the plot goes on, you know, for three hours, there were just some big plot points, a little bit of corporate cynicism, a little bit of lazy plot points with Captain Marvel and a really bad female, like, let's answer the critics and silence them, whereas actually the critics have a good point about the Marvel Universe. All right, well, I'm going to uh, pick up on some of your points as well. Um, so I've, I've no, noted down a few points here, and some of them do tie into what Alex has said, really. Um, so they're not in any really particular order. Um, I'm going to mark you down for that. <laughs> I know, Come on, John, get them in order. <laughs> but, um, you know, just to just to kind of highlight what, what Alex said, really, one of the points that I actually have down here is that the characters are either as strong or as weak as they need to be, depending on the yeah. scene. So, for example, if you think about Infinity War, uh, the heroes kind of overpower Thanos when he's in possession of, I think, like two or three of the stones. And yet in uh, Endgame, you know, there's Captain America, Thor, and Iron Man, probably that, you know, you would argue at least two of the most powerful Avengers there. And Thanos without any stones absolutely fucking kicks their ass. So it's just, you know, depending on the scene, depending on what's needed, they are either stronger or weaker. Um, and you know, one of my starting points as well, again, was Captain Marvel. I mean, I think Marvel have handled her pretty badly. I think theoretically she could have just handled this whole film on her own technically. Um, and what was she doing for the entirety of the film? Um, you know, she's just like, ah, I've got you know, other shit on, to be honest, guys. <laughs> yeah, that is literally it, isn't it? And, and, and then she, she just comes back later on. Um, just a bit busy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and also, how does she find Tony at the start and how fast can she fly? I mean, that, that ship is apparently light years away. 
Um, obviously, the ship's hyperspace or whatever it is, it's called in in the Marvel universe. But she can't, and yet she gets the spaceship back to Earth like insanely quickly. Um, on the time travel side of things, so I think when you've got time travel in a film, you're going to be able to nitpick it. And some of these you could say are nitpicking, but by Marvel's own rules here that they cleanly set out in the film, the old version of Steve shouldn't be on the bench at the end of the film because they basically say, if you, if you think of like a tree, if you change something in the past, another branch comes out of it and that's a different timeline, then it's not connected to the one that you left. So if if Steve goes back in the past and stays with uh, Peggy, then theoretically that is then a different timeline and that older version of Steve shouldn't be there. He also comes back with a shield, which obviously we know Thanos uh, destroyed. So he basically took a shield out of the past, which again is uh, you know affecting the own kind of rules that they put in place. So you can say it's nitpicking, but you know it's. Uh, it's it's something that a lot of people yeah. have kind of highlighted after after the film, and, and you you could nit, you can only nitpick, but they spend a lot of this film setting those rules out. So if yeah. they could, you know, if they're going to spend like an hour setting it out, they should get it right. And a few a few other nitpicks, really, and, and they are nitpicks. Um, you know, I didn't like the fact that he gave the shield to to Sam or um, Falcon. I mean, Falcon is just a normal dude with a suit that flies, and he's got two machine guns. Like, you would presume he couldn't even throw that shield, to be honest with you. He's not like a super soldier. Bucky, for me, would have been the more obvious choice. And he's also got a much deeper connection with Steve as well, being that they were both around, uh, you know, in the past. Uh, What else have I got here? So, like, why didn't Thor try on the gauntlet is something that I thought of. You know, he's an actual god. Um, The others are just not... (laughs) Uh, what happens in between Age of Ultron and Endgame that suddenly makes Captain America worthy of Molnir? Yes. You know, that's that's never really explained. And Thor goes like, oh, I knew it. And, you know, it's not really explained that at all. Uh, how is Thanos able to pick up Stormbreaker? You know, by their own rules, you've got to be worthy to wield either of those two weapons, and yet Thanos can hold it. Um so to end on the last two major points for me uh, the first one is the release schedule so it released in china australia and other parts of asia on the 24th of april released in the uk on the 25th and then in the us on the 26th and basically what that did because of the staggered release it completely fucked it for a lot of people due to spoilers you know i i spend a lot of my day on the internet due to my job and <laughs> uh, uh, do, doing research. Honestly, guys, it's for my job. <laughs> but, um, you, you know, I, I watch like a lot of things like Twitch and that type of thing. And I remember watching... Uh, for my job. For my job, exactly. <laughs> I remember just, just being in there for a few minutes and it came up like straight away. Like, oh, I've just come back from watching, watching uh, Endgame. And it was like two days before it came out for me. And I was like, fuck, I'm just closing all this shit down completely. You know, and I sent it around all these guys as well, all the gifts that were going around. Uh, you know, I just think they should have released it at the same time simultaneously across the world and just, it would have helped so many people. And the fact that you can just spoil, you know, 22 uh, films worth of stuff in like five seconds is is stupid. But my last point is the fucking rat. I mean... Like, it's literally the most important event to ever happen in the Marvel Universe. And it was just this rat, which apparently randomly Mm. just hit the right sequence of buttons at the exact time 
to let Ant-Man at the Quantum Realm. I mean, I just feel like that was really, really lazy. They could have had like some type of event to explain it. You know, if, even if Doctor Strange had just come up with some bullshit and just said like, oh yeah, you know, uh, before I died, basically I implanted my brain in this rat and I knew that I'd do that like five years later. You know, they could have just done something, but instead just to have this rat randomly walk across the keys was lazy, I think. And it's just something that they kind of, uh, you know, did to avoid a plot hole. Well, okay, that's um, a surprisingly long list of uh, <laughs> of prosecution um, events. Um, defense, mm-hmm. which one of you would like to uh, start? I'm going to basically spiel for a bit. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. Gav is going to pick up most of the rebuttals in, yeah, okay. in his argument. Um, and I will chime in as and when is necessary. No problem, yeah. Just to set the record straight about this film, this is one of the finest cinematic moments we've seen in the last couple of decades. This is a film is a big deal, and deservedly so. It wraps up the whole MCU as we know it so far. After this, although MCU will continue, we're going to a different generation. And one of the things you could say about this film is that it, it could have been written by the fans. It gave people exactly what they wanted to see. No one came away from this film particularly disappointed. You know, being able to have been written by fans isn't a bad thing. It doesn't mean that they were predictable. It just means that they catered to their audience, the audience that is anyone who's ever bought a cinema ticket, anyone who's ever bought the DVD, anyone who's ever bought merchandise. All these people are being looked after, and MCU and Disney, Marvel have not forgotten them, and they have serviced these fans particularly well. The film is excellent. Absolutely excellent. The performances that are delivered are superb, and the cast is, to be honest, I could reel off names for about half an hour yeah. just with all the people that are in. And some of them don't get a line, some of them maybe get one or two lines, but they're there. They're characters that people are familiar with, the characters that people love and, and support, and it's great to see them all come together in this film. That is what this whole film is about. And I think if I could just mention a few of the uh, key performances that I think I want to go into, um, I could go on for ages, but if I select, say, I, what, the guy who stole the show in Infinity War, again, does a great turn here, Josh Brolin as Thanos. It's hard to act beneath cgi but he does a fantastic job his performance was absolutely sensational um jeremy renner i know gav joked about him being hawkeye being the joke of the uh, the avengers universe but i thought jeremy renner did a great job he had a real emotional impact to this and again hawkeye his role as the everyman was very much brought to the front here you know he was just a family man that lost his family and went on a bit of a rampage um i think Karen Gillan as Nebula did a very good job. It's not a character we've seen much of uh, previously in the MCU, but so to get her, I think she, if you rank screen time, she wound up about fifth, which for a character who's been a peripheral one before now, it's actually quite a big deal, and she handles it particularly well. Um, I, all in all, I could go on for a long time about the cast and characters, but I think everybody here delivers. I think the special effects are out of this world to be honest with you as well they should be with the budget this film has the special effects should be good but they are there is nothing hokey about it and one of the big pitfalls that people can fall into when it comes to special effects now is aging or de-aging um if you don't believe it can be done badly check out prometheus and see what they did to guy pierce but um the de-aging process on michael douglas and on john John slattery as, as howard stark was done almost seamlessly, to be honest with you. And I think the aging process that they ran on Chris Evans for the older Captain America at the end of the film, you know, when I saw the back of that man's head, I was like, oh God, this is going to look terrible. <laughs> it actually looks brilliant. They did a great job. And yes, yeah, all in all, the script services of the fans, it does a great job of bringing people what they want at the same time, bringing a few surprises. I see what they're saying about time travel. 
you can always nitpick time travel, as Joel admits. Um, but I think, you know, they explained it to the point where it's not just another cliche. Time travel has become very cliched in cinema, and how do you make it fresh? And I think they brought enough nuance to it and brought enough uh, dialogue and enough things that people could consider that we've not seen before in other films. And all the time, paying homage and referencing all the past uh, like Back to the Future, uh, I think Time Bandits gets mentioned. A number of time travel films get get parodied or mentioned. Hot Tub Time Machine. Hot Tub Time <laughs> Machine, lest we forget. Uh, so at least to bring something new to the table as far as time travel goes, which isn't something I really thought could be done. And um, I'm going to leave most of the rebuttals to Gal, but I just want to mention about Captain Marvel. I thought they actually used her quite well because she is essentially the MCU version of Superman. You know, someone who's like almost too powerful and it stops being fun. Um, I actually thought they used her really well. Having her deal with, you know, because when Thanos snapped his fingers, it affected the whole universe. It makes sense that there'd be problems on other planets and problems elsewhere in the corners of the galaxy that she or anyone who is able might have to deal with. And I think when you've got a character so powerful, when Nick Fury sends the beacon to her at the end of Infinity War, it makes a good point that, you know, they need Captain Marvel to tip the scales. And when she comes in, she destroys Thanos' ship right towards the end. She does just enough to tip the scales while at the same time not making it a complete walkover for the Avengers. It's, you know, less like you've got a god on their side, although I suppose they technically already did. But it's more, it just does tip the scales in just the right amount. Okay, uh, Gav? You're going to come in with these rebuttals? Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, so basically, I think Alex mentioned about Tony Stark and Iron Man, his sort of arc. And it just felt like sort of like lip service maybe, or maybe they just run out of things for him to do. I, I would I would disagree. I watched all of the Iron Man films in preparation for uh, Endgame. And I think that the story that they've told about Iron Man's character throughout those films has just been brilliantly written. You know, he, he, this guy is just very selfish, sort of self-serving, and he's incredibly like stubborn and arrogant. He has li- literally distanced himself from his friends and his, you know, his colleagues in previous films. And that was one of the main reasons that they were unable to defeat Thanos the first time around in Infinity War, because the Avengers were split all over the, all over the world. And that was because because of Iron Man and Captain America to an extent just being incredibly stubborn uh, here he is able to finally put his differences aside with Captain America and with the others and he essentially sacrifices himself for the greater good as well I think you know he had to die in that film I think this entire sort of 22 film arc has been leading to his death and I think it was told incredibly well and I agree that maybe there might not have been a, anything to add to his story going on but I would also say that well they're still making Iron Man comics to this day and they've been doing for a hell of a lot longer than the MCU have so there'll always be something else to to say there'll always be another story to tell essentially Uh, and especially when you've got like unresolved character arcs and and characters from say like the Mandarin in in the third film you know that was revealed sort of at the end that it might not have actually been Guy Pearce and there might be an actual Mandarin out there as well my my problem was less with like I think the Tony Stark storyline has been done quite well as well I just think as you're watching it you're quite aware that like Spider-Man is coming back because he's a bankable character. Iron Man's going to die because his bank bankable bankability has run out. So there's just that level of, you're kind of aware that actually these characters, what happens ultimately to these characters is dictated by box officers and less by the story itself. Would you say that his bankability has died? Essentially, this is the main star of the MCU. This is the guy that was the focal point. He how was many, the very first. How many films did Robert Downey Jr. have? in him do you reckon as an action star well bearing in mind he is he's appeared in 10 
yeah so far and i think that he could probably have appeared in 10 more i mean i I mean maybe as he's getting older he won't be able to do the action star things but having him as a sort of like mentor or guide a sort of like nick fury Uh, every time that samuel L. jackson's in a film you don't think to yourself oh fucking hell do you you know i mean the stakes are low because you know for example spider-man ain't going yeah, but is is that necessarily a bad thing? I mean, like I kind of went into this film expecting fully for Iron Man to die and for Captain America to die as well. Uh, so I, I knew that was going to happen. Similarly, what as I was saying before, um, you know, I said uh, the Game of Thrones series one was spoiled for me because someone said Sean Bean was going to die. Yeah. I knew watching the first series where well, Sean Bean's defo dying it. Did I not enjoy it though? No, not at all because it was the way that it was told. I actually. Thought I enjoyed it quite a bit more, maybe because I knew he was going to die. So every time he was in a state of peril, I was like, "Oh shit, is this going to be him?" And when it finally came to his death scene, I was like, oh, "I was so like willing that it, it wouldn't happen." And when it did, I was absolutely gutted. And I, I think that's the same thing with with Iron Man. I think it, you know what's going to happen. It's just how they tell it. Uh, I just want to butt in as well and say I don't think that the uh, the bankability of Iron Man has died out at all. I was coming back from Liverpool on the train on Sunday and I saw a kid playing with an Iron Man doll. Kids still love Iron Man. He's still one of the most popular characters. Oh, yeah. He's still a big deal. And even though you're saying, oh, but his contract was due, well, that just means they brought his story to its conclusion. I think to say that they, they've uh, cut out Iron Man because his bankability's died off, I think is overly cynical. And I think it's more a case of, you know, they've given him his moment in the sun. They've given him chance to shine. And maybe it's time to move on to yeah, other stuff you know that, that's what i mean he can die whereas you know what i mean that's but that's dictating the way the story's told not is it a good story well essentially they could have killed off so many of them i mean can you can you say that hawkeye what would you want to see him in another film or falcon or bucky barnes you know i mean essentially we could say yeah we want to see them in loads more films but they could have easily have killed them off as well and i don't think anybody else would have complained I think, well, I'm going to float around here in terms of uh, good and bad, but I think what, <laughs> <laughs> what, what, you there, Bruce. what I liked about, um, you know, I kind of see what Alex is saying, but I think what I liked about Endgame is they added an, an extra bit of depth for Tony Stark as well. They gave him a daughter. So you kind of, uh, you know, almost care about the character yeah, you a, li- knew, you knew he's dead, a little bit then. more. <laughs> yeah, you, can't, you, you, you did, but at, at the same time, you all, you almost, um, you know, they're trying to get you to invest more in the character, aren't they? Yeah. I think, that, I think that's the reason why. And I think the inclusion of his daughter as well, it, it kind of got me thinking, like, oh, maybe he won't die. Maybe he'll have, he'll bow out of it, he'll retire at the end of it, and him, Pepper, and the daughter will move on. You know, because going in before that, I was like, yeah, he's definitely going to die, isn't he? But when we were introduced to his daughter and he was trying all that he could to survive the whole thing and still have his daughter in this reality that they were going to create it did get me thinking like well maybe he won't die maybe he'll just like kind of say right that's it now thanos is over i'm i'm fed up with this now you know i nearly died i nearly lost everything that you know i ever wanted i'll see you later i'm going to barbados or whatever so it did get me thinking like maybe he will survive it so that was a sort of as joel said in our added character arc uh cheers for that guy so that's i think that's i think cleared up my where, where I'm going to go about um, maybe the characters and and about um, whether, whether it's a bit of a cynical cynical set of deaths. Um, you know, the, the argument essentially is not enough deaths, and they were very obvious deaths. And on the other side is that they they work with the story. They, they you still cared for them. It wasn't. It didn't really matter that they weren't. Um, you know that you already knew about them. That didn't that didn't matter. Um, what about the lazy story writing? That's a that's quite a big point um, from the prosecution. Um, 
So I think that one of the laziest bits that Joel was mentioning about before was the the rat sort of. So this this rat walks across the computer that's inside the the vehicle, the, you know Hank Pym's vehicle, and it, it, it is able to bring Ant Man back from the quantum realm. And I mean, you can look at it that way and say like it is just really lazy story writing. But I looked at it in another way. I thought that you know I think it is it's quite funny in a way that this massive seismic event was all brought by a complete freak accident. And maybe, you know, when Doctor Strange was thinking about all these possibilities and he was looking into all these alternate realities and futures and whatever, he kind of saw that one and was like, well, it's, it's got to be that one, you know what I mean? And it was, it, even that was entirely up to chance. That could have easily not have happened. So of all the many, many realities he, he saw, even that one, the one that, the one chance they were going to succeed might not have even happened. I thought it was like very, I mean, they could have easily had, you know, Ken, Ken Young was in there. He was the security guard, wasn't he, from community? He could have easily just come out and said, oh, yeah, I like the look of this and pressed a few couple of buttons. And that would have been more satisfying maybe for those yeah. people who say, no, oh, well, you know, that's a lazy plot point. But I think that have that sort of freak accident added that sort of added element of, you know, of tension to it maybe. Okay. And no, I don't think that's a wank point. I the prosecution were conferring, please. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I, I, also, Joel mentioned about you know the lazy uh, story with regards to uh, the characters being as strong or as weak as they needed to be. And you said that when they first fought Thanos in Infinity War, they were able to overpower him when he only had a couple of stones. Whereas within this, they get battered quite easily. Well, I, I, I looked at it as in like, well, it's been five years since Infinity War. You know, all of these characters have been away from the game. They haven't been training. They haven't been fighting big villains on a regular basis. Like some of them are just completely worn out. They're older, they're more fatigued. They're probably full of doubt because they got beaten by Thanos the third time. Uh, sorry, the first time. And this is Thanos from a different reality in his absolute prime you know and he is just absolutely he's determined he knows that he eventually gets the infinity gauntlet and, and you know collects all the stones so he is like he's more determined he's stronger he's feistier he is willing to do whatever it takes to get that back and i think that's why he's got the edge on them a little bit okay um so i think i've got two more two more questions really um and, and you have touched on the captain marvel thing so captain marvel um you know, is essentially like we've discussed already. She is the Marvel Superman, um, and is incredibly strong. But it, does it, it for me? It it's not. It just ruins the plot a little bit. It's literally it's it's textbook Deus Ex Machina. She just she any little plot point that can't be really easily resolved. Crack Captain Marvel in the ship's out. There's no way to get back. There's no way to get back. Oh, there's Captain Marvel. Oh, the ship's back. You know. The ship's up in the sky, you know, how are we going to defeat that? Oh, Captain Marvel's back. And honestly, like Joel said, you know, maybe it's a little point, but, you know, the powers of superheroes is quite an important thing to get on the level because really no one else could have turned up. They could have just said, oh, Thanos is there. Let's call Captain Marvel. The rest of us just, you know, sit around and have a picnic and just watch her, like, fly through him a few times. Like, she is overpowered and not used enough as well. So there's a big fight between Thanos and you know, Thor, uh, Captain America and Iron Man. And it's great, don't get me wrong, but in the back of your head, it's like, well, where's yeah, Captain well, Marvel? She's the best one. Why isn't she in there? 
Yeah, go for it. I, th- I would like to say as well that so that bit with Captain Marvel rescuing Iron Man at the beginning, uh, he is recording messages and sending them back home. You know, he doesn't know if they're getting sent or not, but you know, w- w- they're being sent. You know, I think it was hinted at the end of Captain Marvel, the sort of after credits bit, that there is a message getting received. So she probably knows where Tony Stark is. You know, he's ma- you know thousands upon thousands of miles away or whatever. So she's able to get him because you know why not? I'm, I'm not saying they don't have a reason for why she's getting it. I'm just saying it's just a bit of a lazy just tie it up captain marvel solves it you know and, and any problems they have in the film would just be like oh get captain marvel to sort of i know but the, I, I know i know exactly what you're saying and it is sort of like oh, they're trying to tie it off quickly but the film it, it already is three hours yeah. if we were to add another 20 30 minutes of tony stark lost in space you know it would have probably got a, a bit much really and you know it was sort of you probably did need to see captain marvel beforehand to have that sort of inkling as to why uh, she's able to find him so quickly and I think, you know, everyone knows what Captain Marvel's capabilities are. And I, I urge you to remember at the end of the of Infinity War, the final scene you've seen in the closing credits is Nick Fury sending an urgent message to Captain Marvel. That's your moment of hope and this moment of desolation at the end of Infinity War. And it's kind of like, okay, so Captain Marvel could make a difference here. Captain Marvel could help in what way? And I think they found a way for Captain Marvel to make a difference, to help, but without it detracting from anybody else in the film. But, but then, like, that post-credit sequence made me think, oh, wow, Captain Marvel's going to play a pivotal role. And she does, but only twice and quite short. She's not really in the rest of the film. Like Joel's saying, she's off busy making sure everyone else is all right somewhere else. You know, it, it's not as pivotal as I thought it was going to be. You know, I, I reckon the... that'll be explained in Captain Marvel too, though. I reckon we'll mm-hmm. find out what she's been doing in that time in Captain Marvel. Because as you know, Dave said before, you know, Thanos clicked his fingers and half of existence in the entire universe just ended. So there will have been a lot of issues, all the, you know, and, and that's one of the fascinating things about it. We're just looking at it from a perspective as Earth, but you've got to think that actually this has probably happened all over the universe and Captain Marvel is probably going to show us how well the thing goes with that right it so it happens everywhere which is fair enough but the root cause is thanos right and she's yeah. off doing other stuff rather than trying to prevent it the second time like you, you know no matter what you think of the film or captain marvel that i think is the worst bit in the film like captain marvel is just almost there just to bring tony stark back the rest of what she does is completely redundant. She doesn't even need to be there. She's just there to bring Tony Stark home. And they could have done something else, like the same with the rat, I think. You know, it's just... Well, she, 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 she does kill Thanos, or, you know, help kill Thanos the first time around. But then when they realise that the stones are knackered and they can't, you know, reverse everything, then she's like, well, fuck this, I'm off. Uh, and one, you know, while she's away, they discover yeah, time G- travel. Gav's paraphrasing, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think she, I think she said frig. Um, <laughs> no, and, no, and then you know, she's away while they discover all the time travel elements. So you know, maybe it's just a case that she didn't know she was too busy, or they couldn't get in Selfish, touch with her. That's what I'd call her. <laughs> so, Gav, like, what did you think? You know that bit I said. I know it's only a small bit. I was just going to oh, bring sorry. this up. Yeah, so yeah. I got two more questions, and, and the next question is essentially this. Is uh, so Bruce, you brought up the point there about the um, that little scene where all of the female characters, um, actors like the little rugby scrummage to bring the the gauntlet um, through, um, bring it past the train, keep it away from Thanos. Is that insincere, or is it genuinely a good scene, or you know what are we? What what are the what are, what's the the comeback for that? Well, as this is sort it of a cynical. Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to aim this towards you, Gav, because you're 
you're usually like shit hot at picking up on this if somebody calls it out and yeah i mean like i i mean i'm a, I'm a massive advocate for equality, gender equality in films and i did think that that bit was just really really on the nose it felt really forced it felt really insincere and um, for me that was one of the biggest faults of the film I think that it would have been a lot better. And I think they were, they, they, they were doing it all right. You know, for yes. me, all you've yes. got to do is just show male and female superheroes doing the exact same thing, having the same success, having the same faults or whatever, just fighting next to each other side by yeah. side, giving them an equal screen time, which is to me is what, what they were doing. I mean, they probably could have spent more time on some of the female superheroes. Some yeah. of them felt a little bit shoehorned in at the end, but I think a lot of them did. I mean, you could probably say, oh, you, you know, heroes, yeah, yeah. what did Drax the Destroyer yeah. do, you know, in the final fight? You know, like they all had this, um, the same sort of five seconds each. But then that bit when they all came together, yeah, it was, you know, in, in some ways it was like sort of, yeah, look at this, this is great. You know, the, the future looks good for Marvel and female superheroes and we can get really invested in these films going forward. But also it just felt like kind of, they were like tacking on, loads of people who met, like weren't um, super I think like yeah, Angela yeah. Bassett was in there as well and you're just like oh, okay I, I get it but you know if, you, if you're talking about somebody like Captain Marvel or you know somebody like Valkyrie as well and then you compare them to Angela Bassett yeah. or Hope Van Dyke or you know um, yeah. Pepper Potts it, yeah. in Iron Man's outfit it's not on the same level you know what I mean yeah. so to kind of shoehorn them do all you, together do you know what I mean about it like trying to silence the critics almost because it was a fair criticism back in the day that there, was, there weren't enough like there were, I mean how many films have had a f- female superhero lead just one Captain Marvel um, yeah, so far, yeah, just yeah, Captain Marvel. So, Wonder Woman? Uh, no, no, for MCU. MCU. Right. You know, not that they've, like you say, they've recognised that, and I think they were trying to do it better. It just seemed like very out of place and a bit like shut up, rather than... I don't, I, I personally didn't see it like that. You know, I saw it as complete fan service, I think. You know, if you came up to me and said, oh, my favourite character is x from film x or whatever literally everybody across the whole mcu was in that you know last scene yeah and i think everybody got you know a a bit of screen time so if pepper Potts was your favorite for some reason they put her in iron man's suit you know and you can see pepper Potts in iron man's suit and i think it was just it was like a character showcase Uh, Mm. there there was like a bit where it was just female characters but like gab said there's a bit uh, I can remember Drax, he, he like jumps on like somebody's head and does that thing with his yeah, daggers yeah. and starts stabbing him. <laughs> so you know, there's, there's a, a bit, bit for, for Yeah, there's a bit for everyone. It's just a bit annoying that some of the female ones were lumped all together. Exactly, so it was yeah. sort of like, oh, your, your scene with Pepper Potts or your scene with Valkyrie yeah. or whatever, they're all lumped it's together the in the same. Scene. Yeah, yeah. But and when, that's what it felt like. But when then is the right way to do it? Do you know what I mean? If you group them all before, together... Having them separate, it has to have one bit I, yeah. Thor, then one bit Valkyrie. Yeah, but one if, bit... say, you know, that's okay for you, but who's to say, you know, somebody else doesn't like it the other way? Uh, you know, I'm yeah. not saying that, that I'm right here. I'm just saying that that's what I would have preferred. I would have preferred to sort of everybody having, well, in that scene anyway, equal screen time and sort of like y- y- the, the same. The way it was prior to that yeah, scene. Yeah, so yeah. before that, you know, it was it was fine. You were having scenes with Valkyrie, you were having scenes with Captain Marvel all yeah. doing their bit. And then there was just that like one scene together and it just felt a little bit like, you know, oh, spice power, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, oh, you know... It did feel a little bit forced. I would have rather they just like kind of had more screen time themselves separately. Okay, that works for me. And then a final question. I want one word answers. Was it too long, Gav? No. No. Dave, no. Alex? No. 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 Too too short. Okay. Okay. (laughs) 
I'm going to mark you down for not a one word answer. Don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think we marked yeah. ourselves down. Also. Yeah, yeah. I've got, um, I've, I've got, I've got a, quite a few things to consider. Um, overall so yeah has anyone got a quiz for us this this week i do i do and because you know it's the end of the well essentially the infinity saga 22 films 11 years you know this is end of an era sort of stuff i thought it's time for a bumper sized quiz so this is a quiz i like to call the, the big avengers quiz basically one question for every film that's happened in the mcu i have given you all specific questions based on the films that i know that you've seen wow. and have hopefully uh, tailored the difficulty so you'd be able to this is great. put a lot of effort into this <laughs> really that's great I'll only have Iron Man 1 <laughs> <laughs> well, you say that Ozzy no, you no. are first up with Iron Man right. so uh, what is the first thing that Tony Stark's demands uh, a cheeseburger well done okay so Ozzy is uh, one point there okay moving on to question number two Joel, the Incredible Hulk, oh, Dr. Banner finally meets Mr. Blue, a scientist offering to help a cure. After being exposed to Banner's blood, Mr. Blue begins to mutate, teasing the introduction of which supervillain? I don't remember, to be honest. Is that dirt monster thing? No, anybody? Nope. Um, no. No, okay, it was the leader. Okay, so no points there. No, uh, Joel, Joel, do you want an easier question? A e- easier question? What, which Is country? based on the Hulk as well? Yeah, which country do, does the film begin in? Um, Timbuktu. Bolivia? Brazil. Yeah, well done, Alex. Brazil. Okay, oh, right. Uh, okay, uh, the next question, Iron Man 2, on to Alex. What is the name of Sam Rockwell's villain in Iron Man 2? <laughs> 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 uh, no, because he's got the, what's the com- company no, called? Lockheed or something like that. Uh, don't know. Anybody else? Oh, I do know. Is it, is it Old, oh, it's Aldrich? No, Industries. No, no, that's Industries. the third one. Okay, no, right, you're know. all shit. It's know. Justin Hammer. Oh. <laughs> okay, right, so moving on. Um, number four. Dave, this is Thor. Who played King Lorfi, the leader of the Frost Giants? Uh, um, Comfior. Well done, Dave. Oh yes, God. well wow. done. He pretends he doesn't <laughs> know, know just to... Yeah. <laughs> I, had to <laughs> I had to think of his name. <laughs> it's like he's out. Oh, that's so a tough one for me, that one. <laughs> he basically plays the villain in most things as well, if you can't remember him. Uh, so, uh, moving on, Captain America, the first Avenger, Ozzy. What is the name of the villainous organization offshoot branch of the Nazis? Oh, um... Hydra. Oh, well done, well done. So maybe yours are a bit too easy, but I just assume that you shit. (laughs) Can I have Ozzy's questions? (laughs) Okay, moving on to Avengers. Alex, after defeating Loki and the Chitauri in the Battle of New York, the Avengers sit down to eat what? Uh, Oh, well done, yes. Nice. Okay, so moving on to Iron Man 3. Dave, what gift does Tony buy Pepper for Christmas? Um, And it's not his heart, is it? No, it's not his heart. (laughs) Um... No, I don't know. Anybody got this? A nice silver necklace. No? Right, no, it's a massive, giant, uh, stuffed bunny. Uh, but right. I'm give you an easier question. What's the name of the villainous organisation in Iron Man 3, headed by the Mandarin? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> These are all just questions I've plucked out of my head, like by the way. The, the golden something or the, other? Uh, fruit or? salad? No, no. Oh, fruit salads? <laughs> no, not the fruit salads, the ten rings. No. Uh, no. Right, okay, so. What a shit name for that an is a bad name. <laughs> that is a bad name. Right, uh, number uh, whatever, uh, Austin, you've got Thor 2, The Dark World. What is the name of the film's main villain played by Christopher Eccleston? Oh, actually, no, sorry, this is Alex's question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> do you, do you, do you, do you, I have no idea. I'm, I'm ready to steal that. Zero okay. idea. Go for it, Dave. Dave? 
Oh, wait, I can say, is it Malakith? Yeah, it is Malakith. Well done, Dave. Again, as if right. he didn't know. Okay, <laughs> uh, next one up. Joel, Captain America, Winter Soldier. Which late comedian makes their second and final M- MCU appearance as Senator Stan? No idea, mate. Oh, I, I might know. Yeah, I'm I'm on Alex. Alex. Robert Redford? No. Oh. The comedian. Um, late. <laughs> yeah, he's funny. <laughs> he's alive as well. Um, is it Gary Shanley? It is. Well done, oh, Dave. Shit, well yeah. done. Okay, so moving on to Guardians of the Galaxy, Ozzy, which is the very first song from the awesome mixtape to appear in the film? Is it, um... Uh, is it the one that goes, ooh, I've got guy, ooh, ooh, No, it's not that one. I'm out of a guess. Is it Come and Get Your Love, or...? Uh, oh, no, it's the one no. before that. What is that? Before that. Is it, I, can, I know the scene, it's when um, his mum's in hospital dying and she gives him the tape. Okay, so what is it? Can't remember. No, it is. Is it I'm Not In Love? It is I'm Not In Love. Oh, well nice. done, Joel. Nice. I'm Not In Love by well 10 CC. Well done. Well done. Okay, uh, so next question is Avengers Age of Ultron for Joel. Okay, so halfway through the film, Ultron sings a song from another Disney uh, feature. I've got no strings. Oh, which is from... Pinocchio. Well done, Joel. Wow, Jesus, well Joel. Done, okay. man. You're all over this today. Next one, Ant-Man, Dave. Which children's TV character gets enlarged during the fight scene? Barney? No. Anybody? Children's TV character. So it's... Uh, it's, it's British as well. Sooty? No. Paddington? No. No, okay. Right, uh, Pop the Builder? No, forget. it. Mr. Man. <laughs> No, okay, it's uh, Tom's the Tank Engine. Oh, yeah. Oh, good yeah. one. Okay, Captain America Civil War. Alex, what was the name of the legal documents designed to regulate the activity of the Avengers, which resulted in the group being split into two factions? Oh, it's fucking... Oh, I've got it. Um, the, it's like the Geneva Accord or something, but Segovia Pact or something. Oh, yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you yeah. that, yeah. Uh, the Segovia Accords. Okay, Doctor Strange. Ozzy, Doctor Strange is really surprised that Wong has never heard of which global megastar... Oh. Three, oh, two. I no, I don't know. Beyonce. Well done, Alex. Well yes. Done. Okay, right. So, next one Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Joel, when he was a child, Star Lord used to carry around a photo of which celebrity stating that it was his dad? <laughs> David Hasselhoff. <laughs> yes, well done. Okay, and next question Spider Man Homecoming for Dave. There's a scene in which Spider Man, attempting to chase some bad guys, runs through several back gardens. Which film is this a parody of? Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes, well done. Okay, next one, Thor, Ragnarok, Alex. What is the colourful nickname given to the wormhole that the heroes escape (laughs) through to return to Asgard? (laughs) Anus or something like that? What? I need, I need the, a bit on nose. No, I need the type of anus, Alex. Uh, the Gav's anus. No, <laughs> that would have been more apt. The dragons? No. Devils? Hell's anus. Oh, as he's got it, the devil's, devil's anus. anus. Well done. Okay, and Black Panther, Joel, what is the name of the fictitious African country Charla and his mates come from? Sorry, T'Challa, not whatever I just Wakanda. said. Yes, well done, Joel. That's an easy one to remember because it's an anagram of a wank ad. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure you've had a lot of experience with. Wouldn't um, it better have been a better one? Adawank. Adawank, yeah. Adawank, As in, like, I've just Adawank. Yeah. yeah. Well done, Ozzy. No worries. Um, okay, so next I'm one. Here all night. Um, Avengers Infinity War, Ozzy. Doctor Strange views how many possible outcomes in the Avengers fight against Thanos? Yeah, four. 
14 million 381,013. I was going to say the same. What were you going to say? Mm, I was going to say 3 million. million. I was going to say 14 billion. billion. Right, I'll give it to Ozzy. It is 14 million. That's it. 14 million. Stuck in our heads. Um, Okay, so Ant Man and the Wasp. Dave, what is the name of the business Scott, Luis, and Co. set up in their efforts to go straight? Oh. Is it on the side of the van? Yeah, it is on the side of the van. Anybody? Is it, no. is it like a joke about being in jail or something? Yeah, something like that. Mm, no, 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 okay, oh. an easier question. Inside job or something. No, an ex-con. Nah. An easier question, which city is the film set in? Uh, uh, San Francisco. Yes, yes, Steve, well done. Okay, and this, this, these next two questions are a shout-out. So first oh. one, it gets it, okay? Right, first question is about Captain Marvel. Goose the cat is actually what type of alien species? Oh, oh. Crow? Crow? That one thing, a krill? No. No? Anybody? No. The opposite to a crow? No, you fucked it. Doesn't matter. It's a flaken. Flaken. You can remember that because flaken rhymes with merkin. We all know what it is. It's a a pubic wig. And another word for a cat is. I'm I'm, going to stop there. Sorry. Uh, And the last one is Avengers Endgame. Last one is Avengers Endgame, right? Who is the only Avenger to appear in Infinity War but not Endgame? Mm. Oh, oh uh, Vision. Well done, Joel. Yeah, nice. Right, okay, so um, f- uh, in, in last place. Yeah, no one talked about it, Mike, did they? <laughs> yeah, no, nobody <laughs> no was really asked. Nobody was really asked. Yeah. Okay, in last place, we've got Ozzy and Alex. And in first place, we've got Dave and Joel. Do you want a tiebreaker? Yes. No, yeah. not I really. I I, I'll just uh, I'll just gracefully accept second place. No, tiebreaker, tiebreaker. I don't actually have a tiebreaker question. Oh. Uh, it's a way off for it. <laughs> it's a massive anticlimax to that quiz you spend so much time doing. Um, I can't. I can't even think about one. Oh, uh, no, fuck it. Let's <laughs> just say Dave won. Okay, well done, Dave. Uh, speaking of which, Dave, have you got any trivia about this film? No. I've I've got a little bit. Apparently, um, the Thor being that was down to Chris Hemsworth. He said he wanted to take Thor in a different direction, and so they came up with that together. (laughs) That's one of my favourite bits, to be honest. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. good bit. Makes us feel like the everyman. Although, even though he was fat, he still had a six pack, didn't he? You can see it through his. Still had incredible biceps. Okay, uh, so Austin, verdict? Um, you know what? Surprisingly tough with all his arguments there. And I think what um, the actual thing that swayed it was my final question. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it on the hit list because all four of you said it wasn't too long. And for a three and a half hour film to not feel too long <coughs> means it's got to be pretty good. Um, so, so yeah, it's going on the hit list um, in spite of quite a lot of... Um, issues with it but yeah hit list okay so thank you very much austin so genuine opinions i think um starting with dave yeah i loved it (laughs) no word of a lie uh i thought it was fantastic perfect way to cap off uh this this stage in the mcu universe yeah brilliant Uh, alex um i don't think i liked it as much as you guys but i did like it I didn't, the, the, I did, the, my main problem with it was maybe just, you know, that last section 
it did feel like a franchise a bit going down on itself, you know, and it's kind of like got everyone. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> you know, like, it, it, it was a bit like, come on. You'd okay. do it if you could, so. <laughs> so take it out. It, it was just a bit, it was too much. We know when it was all like the fair, fond farewells and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I, I thought this film would be pretty much impossible to pull off. And yeah, they, they did. So oh, yeah, they pulled it off big time, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Joel. Well, yeah, I mean, it was the perfect film for me, wasn't it? There's not much else that you could have added to it to Explosions. make it better. Other than if it was like <laughs> seven hours long, it would have been like fine with me. So, yeah, it was great. How about you? Yeah, I thought it was brilliant. You know, I was almost crying at the end of it. And I was spent. What do you mean almost? You were <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I, I did think I saw you crying at one point, Alex. You didn't. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, it was pretty dark. And you were wiping away something. <laughs> do you know what, though? I've seen a lot of stuff on the internet saying, you know, if, if Endgame doesn't get some type of nod in the Oscars, then, you know, it's a travesty. And it, exactly, it won't. But I think that is such a really bad thing. You know, even if Robert Downey Jr. got a nod, I think it would be absolutely fair. You know, I think, like, his yeah. performance was great. And I think it, just being able to tie all those films together is great. And then if you look at the Oscars and you look at somebody like Lady Gaga, who's just in, like, one film, you tell me she deserves that over some other people. You know, I, I think it's a shame. That's all I'm going to say, that films like that don't get recognition. But if it doesn't, then it's just a massive kick in the dick, I think. Well, it's, it's always the same, isn't it? Horror, comedy, action, you know, they're not going to get a look in, are they? Yeah. Was he, what did you, what did you think when you went to see it? I thought it was shit. Really? <laughs> I didn't enjoy it. It's, oh my God. Me and Alex went for a drink afterwards <laughs> and I just pretty much just let loose about how all the things that I thought were shit about it. Yeah. So what did you hear about it? What was your from, biggest issue? Without within probably so I there were bits where I thought really good but I, th- I just felt like Captain Marvel the second she arrived because I already joked I was like as soon as I saw her I said to Big Dave who was next to me I was like oh fucking hell next Superwoman's just gonna come and just constantly save the day here and that's exactly what happened and it was just times where I was laughing I was like fucking hell and then the time travel it just felt it felt lazy it felt yeah it was shot beautifully it was like it looks great it looks like a, the culmination of 11 years of honing your craft as a superhero film but it just felt like it, it felt like a big money grabbing scam did, did it, you it th- was not a good end to the franchise for me at did, all. did you think it was too long um no actually i didn't think it was too yeah, long funny, but yeah. <laughs> I, I still thought it was en- it was entertaining like I, I like watching films but i didn't think that was a uh, that was not nearly as good a film as Infinity War. Mm. Not even close, I reckon. Wow. Yeah. What did you, do you think it was better than Infinity War? You yes, I think yeah. so. Yeah, I did. I think they had a much, much more difficult job writing this film than they did Infinity War. Because oh, essentially definitely. in Infinity War, it was hard to balance all the stories together, get everyone enough screen time, which yeah. I think they did really well. But this one was, you know, like, where where'd you go from there? Essentially, you've just killed half the cast. How do you bring them back? How do you make it look like it just wasn't like a cheap trick? How do yeah. you uh, cap off, you know, 10, 11 years worth of story arcs, give people good send-offs, yeah, you know? pretty impossible. I can remember in that uh, Infinity War episode, you were saying like, oh, you know, I remember you doing the time stone action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hope they don't <laughs> yeah, just reverse yeah. time and bring everyone back. And I think it kind of became apparent after Ant-Man and the Wasp, you know, when they went into the quantum realm, that Ant-Man would have something to do with it. Um, but I think it, it's credit, really. You, you know, like we said, then you can you can pick time travel to the nth degree. I think in any film, 
but I think it's credit that they just didn't use the time stone, you know, to turn back time. Mm. And I kind of like the fact as well that when they brought people back, you know, it was five years later. You know, it's not like they reversed. Yeah, the, the, there was actually a, a, a price yeah. paid by it. Yeah, and I think that they're going to have a hard task now, basically picking up where that left off. I don't know whether Spider Man Far From Home is going to do that, or whether that's going to be set before. Pretty much going to be just him redoing school, isn't it? Like all of him and his mates who didn't back do five years yeah. of school. <laughs> going back and, and doing that. sat next to classmates yeah. who were like, like in the 20s. Yeah. You know? yeah. I, I sort of hope they have the same approach as they did with this, where they slowly build it back up. And I mean, like over a very long period of time, I hope they don't try and like shortcut it and just oh, get, get, get a bunch of people back together yeah. and then do another big film. Well, like, I mean, I imagine that this will be set before Infinity War. Definitely. No, because, it's not. The Spider-Man it? one. No, it's after. They're dealing with the effects. It's just because it looks a bit like, game. yeah, I hope that they that they do a good job of it then because, it, you know, they're all going on holiday on a school trip to like London and Rome and wherever. And I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's going to be a lot of sort of clearing up and kind of figuring out what the hell's going to happen well, look, because everyone's that, disappeared for five years. That's what they need years. to do to carry on the phase though, right? They can't and, just and say, just oh, go on yeah, holiday. That that, that's <laughs> yeah. one thing what, that I didn't understand, right, about Endgame. There's that... There's that um, kind of uh, shot of like empty stadiums and like the, yeah. the harbour with loads of ships and it's like oh, you're only yeah, killed 50% yeah. of well, the planet well, the life, half yeah, life yeah. would go on do you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it, 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 but I mean I guess actually if 50% 50 of people go the grief of the other 50% I kind of got where, where they were coming from now. <laughs> Take out another 25%. <laughs> I might be cold-blooded. Yeah. I just think it's going to be, it's still going to be full stadiums. People are still going to want to see yeah. baseball. I mean, there's, yeah, yeah. Cheaper there's weight in this. Cheaper tickets, yeah. yeah. Even if only half did, of the team did, turn up. Did, did anyone, like, and this might be slightly psychopathic, did anyone at any point sort of think, you know, Thanos, especially when they had that interest line about, oh, I saw a pod of whales coming through the bridge or something. You're a bit like, oh, that's an actually an interesting... You know, Thanos' reason for wiping out yeah. half of life. I, I, I kind of wish maybe... And I, I mean, this is well expecting too much from like a blockbuster action. So, you know, I wasn't surprised when they didn't. But it would have been quite good if they'd maybe gone why Thanos wasn't right. Because sometimes in a very cold clinical way of looking at the planet survival, it's like, maybe, maybe he kind of was. I got flashes of that during Infinity War as well when he explained his reasoning. It's like... He's right, there is a problem. That's logic. <laughs> There's a problem with Bruin. But... Yeah. I think the sign of like a good villain is that it isn't just yes. black or white. It's not yeah, just yeah. like, oh, I'm really mad. I want to destroy yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah, I yeah, want to just yeah. do this because I want to rule the world. It's like they are so determined in their reasons. Even though they're wrong, they just think that they're so right. I think that's one of the strengths of the whole two films was that Thanos' reasoning wasn't just, I'm mad and want to kill everyone. It's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's well, a, that's, there's that's why I really enjoyed it. for him when they rocked up. He's just, he's retired. He was just chilling yeah. and his, yeah. making some soup. <laughs> <laughs> and he just yeah. came in and beat him yeah, up yeah. like that would nowhere. At least he got to watch all the Avengers come off him. That's all. That. <laughs> that was a great post, wasn't it? From yeah, great, yeah. I mean, uh, Joel's uh, <laughs> talking about uh, a, a, an Instagram post that um, Josh Rowland put out where he said, What was it? Wipe off Avengers scum. But yeah. obviously, <laughs> it's to Joel's word, so. crude <laughs> mind, he read something else. Yeah. Uh, anyway, right. Thank you very much. Uh, so, guys, what do you reckon? Higher or lower than our previous film, bonus film on trial, which was Us. Uh, that scored 7.4 out of 10 on IMDb. I actually don't know what it's at, but let's be honest, it's going to be nine. It's going to be ridiculous. It's going to be in the nines. It's going to be ridiculous. Okay, you're all right. It's 9.2. Although on Metacritic, all scored 81 and Avengers Endgame's only got 78. So so once again, I put a poll up on Twitter and asked over the weekend, our friends and followers to 
guess which list it should be placed on and a whopping 83 percent of them said that it should be placed on the hit list that's interesting I, that's lower than i thought it's not unanimous though is it? it's not yeah oh well on facebook it is it's like 100 oh, percent. Yeah. but i think only about the, three people have voted. yeah you can <laughs> remember we're, we're, our, our pool yeah. isn't massive yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> one out of ten people said they don't like it so i think <laughs> i think about 80 odd people voted for the one on twitter oh, really? and so far on facebook i think we've only had about seven so um, <laughs> And one of them may have been yeah. me <laughs> and the other the other six were me <laughs> so yeah okay so so uh, moving on to a bit of a caption contest so what i do here is i take a snippet of the film and put it on twitter and ask our friends and followers to provide a caption with the funniest one winning a frog shaped chocolatey treat Okay, so basically I've taken the scene of Captain America and Iron Man finally putting their differences aside and agreeing to fight together and giving a good old iconic handshake. So there's only four for you guys to pick from here. First one is, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. <laughs> it's an American um, <laughs> advert. Uh, anyway, um, Stark holds in his laughter as he finally got cap with the stink palm. <laughs> um, next one, maybe his hands are really that soft. Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> and uh, the last one is, it's been a long time. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that's a reference to something. Sorry if I didn't say that. Uh, is, it, is it the beginning to uh, never forget, but I'd take that. It's been a long time. <laughs> but anyway, okay, so guys, which one has won? A, uh... Maybelline for me, just because it reminds me of the advert. Yeah, I love Maybelline. I'm going to go Maybelline as well. Okay, con- uh, congratulations to our good friends, Boobies and Newbies podcast. Uh, you have just won yourselves a uh, Fredo. Okay, so uh, just before we call it a day, just wanted to give a shout out to one of our podcasting friends, the Recasting Couch Podcast. Uh, so yeah, these guys, I think we've uh, given them a shout out before. Basically, uh, what they do is they um, just take a film from, you know, the 90s, 80s, whatever, and they decide to entirely recast it. So they've done some really good ones recently. I think they did um, Goldeneye. I listened to the Gattaca episode just out of curiosity to see uh, what, what they thought of it. And for some reason, they both thought it was shit so um <laughs> so uh, i'm sorry about that alex what the episode or the film no the film uh, <laughs> pro- pro- probably our episode as well anyway uh it's it's uh, two uh, two good friends they're really really funny to be honest and um, they got really interesting ideas and opinions and they break down the films as well before they decide to actually recast it so they give their own opinions and ideas and they go into a lot of detail about the films themselves and uh, there's a lot of uh, corny dad jokes in there as well to keep people entertained and um, so yeah i definitely recommend uh, checking them out the recastingcouch.com you can catch them on itunes on any other sort of podcast platform and you can follow them on twitter as well at recasting pod okay so our next bonus film has been picked and it will be as said before pokemon detective pikachu did you all ever said that right pikachu and pikachu that's right you say well pikachu pikachu lad what's the difference it's what it's different sound. Ask Pikachu, Pikachu what his difference is, mate. <laughs> right, I mean, like, you know, that sounds really pedantic. the difference pedantic. between Garvin Pik- and Gavin. Pik- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of them are my name. I mean, that's... A, um, exactly. <laughs> so, okay, like always, the roles have been picked out at random, so in the role of defence is going to be me, um, so I'm going to probably have to learn how to pronounce his name by then. Um, we've also got in prosecution, Dave, and uh, character witnesses are going to be Alex and Ozzy, and the judge is going to be Joel. Uh, so, yeah, that one is going 
going to be coming out uh, the second week of May. But in the meantime, regular scheduling will commence next week with the release of Mystery Men. So just want to say thank you to everybody who's listened to this episode. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your family, slingering your messages across the universe. Just spread the warm love that is Films on Trial in as many years as possible. And remember to follow us on Twitter at Film Trials and check out our fantastic graphic artist, Winston Sang, while you're there, at the underscore quirks. Also, check out our website, filmsontrial.co.uk, and check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel for weekly content. So that's it. As you might have guessed, Avengers Endgame is a hit, and we will be in your ears with our next bonus film on trial sometime. I can't remember in a few weeks, whatever. See you later, guys. Bye. (laughs) 